Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 204 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is amazing. I've got a French press full of Couchtown right next to me right at this moment. Uh, If you guys want to check out Couchtown Coffee, which who doesn't drink coffee? I mean, come on, just go to CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, They'll roast it for you and ship it to your house. They're roasting the coffee specifically for you and then sending it to your house. That's how awesome they are. So check it out, couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, you will receive 20% off when you let them know Audible Farm sent you. That's right, 20% off of your coffee. And uh, you know what? That's pretty much just uh, gives you free shipping. I mean, it, it brings Couchtown Coffee down to comparable or cheaper than you know some of the stuff you can get in stores nowadays so check it out it's totally worth checking out couchtowncoffee.com thanks couchtown this episode i'm sitting down with vince beneshek vince uh has been on the podcast before i think the last one he was on was uh about about half a year ago something like that but yeah, we sit down and talk about how he recently played w- with Vinny and the Night Prowlers at the Rockin' Picnic in Humboldt, Iowa, which is uh, kind of a fun roundabout story. He uh, got one of his first shows he played with Vinny and the Night Prowlers was at that event. And, uh, uh, you know, one of his most recent shows was also at that event just two years later. So it's kind of cool how uh, two year time span uh, watching him grow and all that kind of stuff. So we talk about those kind of things. We talk about the rock and picnic. We talk about other things he's doing musically as well, other than Vinny and the Night Prowlers. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode because I always have fun sitting down talking with Vinny. It is episode number 204 with Vince Beneshek. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. I'm sitting down today with Vince Beneshek. Uh, what's up, everyone on Patreon? Right on. <laughs> so we're doing video on Patreon still. Uh, Vince, you've been on the podcast before. You've been on the podcast a handful of times. Um, we're going to hope to get all of Vinny and the Night Prowlers on, but it just didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um, the last time you guys were on was two years ago. And uh, two years ago, you were on the Rock and Picnic. Um, you guys had kind of just formed. You had played a couple shows, like filling in at intermission or playing, like uh, opening up for bands or things like that. Yeah. But this was like your first time as a band, like at a dedicated slot somewhere was the rock and picnic and it was what your third show yeah something like that <laughs> like literally we had played together like 10 times mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> and uh it was really awesome to get back there yesterday um and play and play there again i guess it would be if this is coming out on thursday then on this last sunday before folks yeah, um, yeah labor day weekend yeah so you know that was really cool um going back to kind of uh, me and travis were talking about it kind of where it all started you know and yeah and our first one where we're like yeah heck yeah i think we should keep doing this you know even though we're miles ahead of what you know me as a musician travis our band we're way tighter you know mm-hmm. and uh it just felt good to get back there and and just play some rock and roll man you know yeah, yeah i mean it's pretty wild we've talked about it in other podcasts how kind of like uh 
you and I like met at Iowa Central, like going to college together. And, you know, you and I were both like a little bit older than most of the people there. You know, me more so than you, obviously. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. We like met that way. We played a little bit. You started your own band. You played at the Rock and Picnic. It was just kind of like this thing that's like, wow, that's kind of cool. I got to see you kind of like grow locally. But you also like went out of town and sourced your own musicians and then came back as like almost this prodigal son of, you know, (laughs) the area. And we're like, hey, I started a band. Let's play some stuff. And, you know, coming back, you guys got a slot that was pretty much like the support of the headliner. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. You go from opening the show to supporting the headliner. So that was actually meant a lot to me, too. And, uh, you know, like I, I talked to Scott about it and big shout out to Scott for putting that on and, and doing the hard work that he does to make sure that runs smoothly. You know, um, yep. you know, Scott Dahl for all that don't know, but I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, everyone in that rock and picnic committee. I mean, there's yeah. other people. Scott's just like the figurehead that stands there at the, at the right. festival. But. Talks, but yeah, no. And, 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 you know, and that's one thing, man, when Scott, he had reached out to me like back in January or February or something. Um, He's like, hey, you know, about playing. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, of course. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I want to go back because, like, I want to redeem myself, you know, <laughs> from my first time playing there. And and uh, not that we needed to, you know, or anything, but I got to talking to Scott about this last night, you know, and I was like, man, we are just starting back then, and I'm not happy with that show compared to now. You know, I wouldn't be if I played like that. And I don't want to say it was a bad show or anything, but mm-hmm. we were, I was still trying to find my sound, what I wanted to sound like, you know? Yep. And I think I've, I've got that now. And I, and that's like, I've got my tone, you know, kind of set up like, Hey, this is, you know, when you hear my guitar play, people are like, you know, when you're playing, we can tell it's you, Yep. you know? So that's cool. But you know, and, and it just came back to the fact, like, man, you know, like, that was kind of our first, one of our first shows we ever played. And uh, I was like, yeah, we're, we're like 20 times the musicians we <laughs> were then. Um, like, me and Travis, anyway, Bob's been doing it his whole life. But, <clears throat> you know, I, and it just felt good to go out there, and, and I think I put a good set together. Yeah. I mean, and my goal, I told Scott, my goal was to go out there and try to not stop. I just want to keep rocking and rolling, you know. I just like want to blow people's faces off. Basically, is what I said, you know. And and Scott said, "Hey, you did a good job at it," you know. And I was like, "Yeah, thanks, dude." You know, I'd really, I'm I'm incredibly proud of myself. Yeah. Um, and the show I put on, so you know, and it's and it just means a lot to be back and and doing that kind of where it started, you know. Yeah, that makes me think of the old adage, like if you're up on stage talking, you're not playing, which means that you're you know can you play it's always these like you know can you fill the time slot if you're up there talking for you know right. a quarter of the time or like if you're just waiting and trying to like figure out what the next song is it, it kind of gets painful it, even up on stage you're just like yeah, we need to do something so it's awkward you know yeah. <laughs> like even watching and people sometimes it's like hey what the heck <laughs> yep but i've been on stage too we're like hey what, what are we gonna play and i'm just like I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Somebody name something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's definitely those times too. Like it depends on the show too, but right. it kind of depends on the band though. Like if you're like a high energy band, like you guys are, it's, that's kind of just how it works. It fits your, fits your bill, you know, like, uh, you got announced at the show and it was like, uh, Scott Dahl made a comment about how you look like an Amish person cause you had suspenders on <laughs> and, uh, and then he was just like, this is Vinny and the night prowlers. And it was just like first song started. Like you got, you didn't even, yeah. you weren't even like, yeah, we're Vinny and the night prowlers. We're here to rock your face. It wasn't none of that. It was just like, boom, like first song straight rock and roll. Yep. 
that was actually rehearsed. Oh, nice. <laughs> to say no, yeah, like, so I was like, okay, like, we've got an hour and a half. Like, we're going to put on a rock and roll show, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I know how to do it. You know, let's let's go out there and, and play bangers, man. And, and that is a song that we opened with. That's the song we open every show with. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's called, it's a small faces song called What You Gonna Do About It, mm-hmm. but like way harder than the original version. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so it's, that was super fun. I just told him, I was like, you know, right when Scott, right when Scott announces us, Bob's gonna roll us in. Yep. And just, you know, and go after it. That's actually one of my favorite songs to play, too. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, that uh, that's a that's a really fun one. It's just a rocker, man. I just like to just go like, hey, man, we're gonna we're throttle down. Let's go, you know. Yep. So. so let's like talk about the comparison between two years ago until now. Uh, if anybody wants to watch the video from two years ago, it's on it's on YouTube. Um, but otherwise, I, I didn't take any video this year. I just I don't know. I haven't taken I, video in a while for anything. But oh, um, so let's like like think about two years ago when you were playing the Rock and Picnic, like. Uh, were you like sweating bullets? Were you like super nervous about it? You had to play an hour set. Like, was it something you were just like, man, this is this is actually not going to be easy? Yes. You know? Yeah. So back then, like, I I wasn't near where I was like playing like able to play the guitar as well. You know, I had just started that year, like really learning how to play guitar solos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like not as smooth, and I'm still a little rough when it comes to playing lead. But I just you know whatever, I just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like actually like a really big skill to learn is just to like stay in time and keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. I think it's most important. I tell Travis that all the time. I'm like, Hey man, if you mess up, don't worry, man. Like, ain't nobody going to know. Just keep going. Yep. You know, as long as you keep going and you're in time, Dude, you're good. Yeah, it goes from he made a mistake to like three seconds later, like, wait, did he make a mistake? Yeah. Like, that's like, even as musicians, you're like, ah, you know, maybe he didn't make a mistake, you know? Yeah, and I don't know. You were telling me somebody sent you a video of us playing Stormtrooping yep. uh, or whatever. Because I did, I did, I was like, hey, man, you know, this next song, Ted Nugent song, I want to play it for my buddy Pete Stockdale. He's one of the best music promoters around here, and I love what he does for music and kind of talked a little bit about it and i was like he's got a podcast called audible farm check it out you know and oh nice and uh he's back here a lot when they put this deal on helping out making sure things go smoothly so this one's called stormtroop and that's for pete you know nice just went into it but that first the first verse i messed up oh man i messed up and i uh but I, you can't really tell. I like instead of doing the da na 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 na, you yep. know, I went straight to like the E's right before yep. the chorus. Yep. And uh, I started laughing. Like I literally was laughing in my mic, singing the singing the chorus. Yep. <laughs> and Travis was too. But it was awesome because we all came in and it was it was like I it got covered so well that it. But I was just laughing up there, and I guess that's part of the show. You know, it's like oh something like that happens. I just laugh through it and. And keep keep playing, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, we're gonna come back to stormtrooping for sure. But dude, the those onstage moments with your other musician friends, where like you mess something up, and maybe other musicians in the crowd might notice. Maybe not, you know. Maybe somebody that really, really knows the song is like they're not playing this exactly note for note or something. You know, like <laughs> they might be able to figure it out. But like those moments when you're on stage, where you're like, it's obvious somebody on stage screwed up. Uh, to the people that are on stage, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, wait, what the hell just happened there? And then, but you all, you've played enough together that it's just like, like right back together. Like, you know, and so those are the times where you, you can laugh it off on stage and have fun with it and stuff like that. Cause you've right. played together enough and you're solid enough where it's like, 
oh, yeah, we're right here. You know, it's like not even a measure goes by and everyone's already snapped right back to where they're supposed to be. And those are the times where I, I think those are the funnest times on stage where you can do stuff and like laugh at each other. Like um, with with Three Finger Betty, it was like the first band I did stuff like this with where it's like I throw in leads here and here and here sometimes. But every now and then I just like randomly throw in another one just because I think it'd be fun. And I've played the songs four billion times and I'm kind of like you know, overplaying it exactly the same. So right. you just add extra stuff in. And sometimes, like, you know, at rehearsals or whatever, it's, like, not good. And people, like, look at you and you're just like, well, I, don't, I don't know, or whatever, right. you know. And just messing around, man. <laughs> goofing off, you know. And, uh, like, I, I try sometimes to hit harmonies with Jesse. And, uh, you know, we don't rehearse as much as we should to, like, practice harmonies. But, like, some we've got the good ones nailed down. But sometimes there's songs where, like, I wonder what this would sound like with this harmony. And then you hit it and you're like... Uh, that doesn't sound good with somebody trying to come in with a real low voice, you know, yeah. like on that one. So like, <laughs> like, and it's those ones where you like do it once in the song and Jesse just like, what the heck was that? You know, and you're like, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just, gonna, I won't do it again. Like, <laughs> my bad, you know, but those are the things that I don't know why, like they, they make me smile so much. They make, they just entertain me so much on stage. And like, I feel for me, I guess playing with like younger people is the people that kind of got me to like start doing that. Like playing with Owen, like, that's like one kid that could just make me laugh on stage all the time. And I got to play a you know show with him this weekend too. So nice. He shreds, man. Yeah, he's tons of fun. But yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, those times on stage like that, I don't know why, but it's just like for me, those are the tops. Like that's the ultimate enjoying time with with people that you're creating art with, like, you know, live. It's just so fun. But uh, yeah, like Stormtrooping, I do recall like it was one of the it was like when I played the rock and picnic with the uh, like the stockyard, I think Jeff Blummel, Dan Blair, and uh, Nick Earhart. Uh, so Jeff's from Chris Carr band. Uh, congratulations, Chris Carr, on the Iowa Rock, Rock and Roll, Roll Hall of Fame yeah. induction. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Earhart from Middle with Class, and then Dan Blair just kind of did solo stuff at the time. But yeah, we ended up playing that song because I, I'm kind of like you. I want to pick songs that people know, but I also want to pick like deeper cuts. If yeah. you know, like. Stormtrooping is a song that like people who like Ted Nugent are like, yeah, that's one of his most popular songs. But if you just like listen to classic rock, you know, you're like, oh, you got, you know, Cat Scratch Fever, you know, Stranglehold, Stranglehold. And those are the two, you know, yeah. like they don't know any other ones. So that one's just deep enough in the cut to be like, people are like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. And, you know? and the people that do know it are going to appreciate the hell out of it, you know? Yeah. Or like we play Great by Buffalo as well. Ah, oh, sweet. At the end. Yeah. yeah, man. So it's like people, when we play that song, people are like, these guys know this freaking song, man. Like, yeah. oh man, right on. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's like an Amboy Duke song, actually. Yeah. Like, technically, I might have that on vinyl over there somewhere. Nice. But uh, yeah, dude. I mean, those are the kind of things. And I was talking to Bob, your drummer, about that. Uh, how like you like to choose songs that are just deep enough in most catalogs, where it's like, oh shoot, like if if nobody knew any better and you didn't tell them they'd be like these guys are like writing some freaking bangers you know cuz <laughs> we played a show like that once it was awesome it was hilarious <laughs> just dude. don't tell anyone you're doing covers <laughs> like well it was so funny because i i did like i like during the show i'd be like oh this is so and so song well at the end this like owner of this place this is in Peoria Illinois man mm mm-hmm. and they're like man you guys are like one of the better blues rock bands we've ever seen like we want you back you know your whole catalog's awesome mm <laughs> hmm I was like, yeah, man, we only played like, you know, four of our songs tonight, though. Mm -hmm. He's like, huh? I was like, yeah, man, like a lot of it was covers. 
He goes, I didn't even know that, man. I thought it was all your stuff besides a couple, like Johnny B. Good and stuff like that, you know? And yeah. I was like, nah, man. Like, that was like 90% of that, what we do, <laughs> you know, is all these B-side tracks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you pick bands that, like, I mean, there's going to be some older people listening to this that are just like, how dare you say that Humble Pie isn't a band that people know who, you know, or whatever. But, right. it's, but it's like, you know, I know who they are, and I don't, just, I don't pop them on my spotify and play them all the time right. but but you do you know it's like stuff like that where it's just like ah here we go here's some here's some deep cuts by a band that not everybody knows but this band did rock and roll you know back in the day right well and that's the thing like i you know you ask most people our age nobody's gonna know who humble pie was yeah and, and i only like just know who like i said i only know who they are if you right. were just like you know this song i'd be like no yeah. Like, you know, you'd have to play it and I'd be like, oh, I've heard this song before. Like, yeah, that's the only way I would know some of their music. You Usually what it is is like, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge Humble Pie fan. They're like, oh, like, we don't know who that is. I'm like, do you know who Peter Frampton is? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, he was in that band before he went solo. <laughs> There's a bunch of those bands. Yeah. And I, I'm like more blown away every time I discover one because I'm just like, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just like Bob Seger was in a band before Bob Seger? Like, it's yeah. like well, yeah, like how... Do, what did he just show up and he's like, I'm Bob Seeger and I want a band named after me. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, no. But then you go listen to it and it's just like, God dang, this stuff hauled too. It was a little weird in some spots. It got a little goofy, but like the more rocking songs were really rocking. Dude, yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. Bob's early stuff. I, I really like Seeger's early catalog. You know, that guy was a hammer for a while. He Dude. released like seven albums in like four years, man. Didn't, didn't his band that he had before what's the name you probably remember oh god i forget but one, didn't, didn't they do a christmas album or something or they had a christmas song yeah really, something like, I, like, I don't know um god what were they called we were talking about last time yeah i mean we could look it up i guess for people that are you know but yeah <laughs> i mean that's those are the kind of things that i i think about when i think about bands like you know bob seeger um but there's other you know who's the solo artist that you know uh Shoot, I don't know. Uh, go for something here, but yeah, Bob Seeger band. Let's see, we're looking stuff up. Yeah, uh, Bob Seeger Wikipedia. That'll that'll show me. Yeah, but uh, no, man. Uh, like, dude, his well, Bob Seeger's whole catalog. You know, he covered like Midnight Rider and and The Steeler by Free. Hmm. Yeah, like, there's an album from like '73 called Back in '72, and it's like an unheard of Bob Seeger album, and it's probably my favorite one. Oh yeah, the yeah. last herd. Yep, the last herd. And there was also the Bob Seger system. Yeah, but but yes, uh, last herd was the band we were talking about. Love it. It's awesome. Uh, you know, and there's probably people listening to this. I, I I just imagine there's some older people listening to this. Like it's the last herd. How do you not know this? <laughs> Detroit ah! man, man. Uh, but yeah, there's that's also like a bygone era of music that we're like never ever going to experience or like get to see. Uh, you know, whether it's like bands could get popular in an area and they could do well enough where they might not necessarily have to get a big record label, but some of them get a big enough one and then things kind of change and fall apart. And then it's before you know it, you know, only part of the band makes it out into this final project or whatever, you know, Bob Seger, whatever it happens to be, you know, whether or not you're talking like your Operation Ivy to Rancid transitions or like whatever it happens to be, you know, different, right. different eras. It just doesn't happen too much nowadays i don't think well and yeah and i the music it's so and i don't want to say like the internet ruined it 
but I, I think it kind of did like because you know you could just get on which is nice like it, it, there's a uh, being a musician there's two there's a there's like a pro and a con side of thing like you know spotify is cool because i can look up whatever i want you know right now mm-hmm. um and i can listen to whoever i want spotify even makes me playlists based off of stuff that i like and then i could discover m- new music mm-hmm. but at the same time you know <laughs> you don't get paid for well, you do, but not not barely anything mm-hmm. for Spotify streams. You know what I mean? Well, for any streams. So, yeah. I mean, there's, geez, this is real creaky. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, there's some that paid way better than others, but it's still like fractions of pennies. Yeah. So yeah, totally makes sense. So it, it does benefit you to put it out there and do that, but, you know, kind of also not. Right. Well, at least people are hearing it, you know, and that's why I can't wait to get like this whole last week we were in the studio finishing up some stuff and, and getting that you know a couple dude, we recorded like you know i don't know live takes too like mm-hmm. whole band live take um we probably got like five songs done this last week plus a lot of rehearsal and stuff we hadn't seen each other in a while so i was like i want to be tight for the show this weekend mm-hmm. and we get a we get the big stage so you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna rock and roll but um no, like I've been recording and it's been so much fun, man. I, it makes me want to do it like way more and write more, like write, just keep writing music mm-hmm. because I just have a blast in there with those guys. You know, we were messing around, you know, and we we get a lot. We got a bunch done, man, this mm-hmm. week, and I'm so proud of that too. Like I, I put on Snapchat maybe Friday. I was uh, we were finishing up Friday, and I put on my snap. I was like, I've accomplished more in like the last four days as a musician than I have in the last year. And like, you know, besides practice or stuff, but I was like, and I'm super proud of that. You know, I finally just took a week. I needed to Mm -hmm. get this stuff done. I really wanted to release it like at the picnic this year. Yeah. You know, but Hey, whatever stuff happened. You know, it's been a really busy year. Um, but hopefully all this gets you done like very soon and I can start, I want to, I want to release and, my here's I actually told this to somebody last night. I said my my deal is I I want to do like a single, more like an EP though. Mm-hmm. I want like our two you know originals that we planned on making into a single mm-hmm. on the A side, and then I want two live covers like that. You know we choose from one of our live shows we record mm-hmm. to mix up and and like hey this is cool you know, um, and throw those on the B side mm-hmm. and like do a pressing of it like a limited like. 20 copies and yep. if you want one like i'll put it out and stream it or everything but if you want like a physical like 48 yep. you know or whatever 45 uh, yeah 45 yeah yep um is that right it, yeah i believe so 48 no it's 45 35 <laughs> but uh if you want you know call in if you know <laughs> right right <laughs> But that's that's what I want to do, you know, and, and maybe make a couple CDs or something for people. But you know, I just I, I want to do it old school and mm-hmm. and do a vinyl pressing. So yeah, vinyl would be awesome. And I mean, it gosh, it's just it's inconvenient. Like if you want to press twenty of them, like have you looked up how much it's going to cost? No, a zillion dollars. Uh, is it? <laughs> it's going to be expensive. <laughs> like hey, that's okay. Uh, unless you find like a special company that might be willing to do a short run, but oh gosh, vinyl is. It's so awesome, but it's so expensive, and it's such an endeavor. But so is all merch, honestly. Yeah. Um, having your music out there, though, in some capacity or another, is is definitely 
good. You were talking about you had like maybe recorded like five songs. How many total do you want to record to like put out on like an album or whatever? Like like eight, to be honest. Yeah. Like my first album, I want like eight. And I actually already have like enough original material right now to do like 12. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I I don't really want to, I want to save some of it for number two. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I'm keep, I just, I'm steadily writing lately. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's been really fun, too, man. It's like I, I hear something. I'm like, man, that sounded cool, you know, like, or in my head. Usually, like, something plays in my head. Like, I'll play a riff in my head, and then I'll I'll word it out, like, you know, or mm-hmm. like that. And I'll take a video of myself doing that real quick. So I'm like, okay, got this saved. Later, when I get home to my guitar, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down and figure out how to play this riff in my head. <laughs> and then I, that's, how it, that's how it works yeah. know, for me anyway. But, uh, yeah, I can't think of how many riffs I've like lost in my head while like driving somewhere in a daze. And I'm just like, ah, this sounds really cool in my head. And then you're like, I'll remember that. And then you show up and you don't even remember that you thought of it in the first place, you know? Well, that's why I started every time I got an idea, I just started like doing a voice memo or a video or, Mm -hmm. you know, or if I have my guitar real quick and I, I learned something cool or like I played something cool, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back and try to do that again. And I record myself doing it. I'm like, all right, that sounded cool. You know, now yeah. I've got a video of it to go back to, and I can say, kind all of right. reference it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, um, you know, it's been fun. I, I do want to put, like, eight. I, I'm thinking I want, like, six originals, and then, like, maybe two, like, of our more banger covers, maybe one of them be a live song. Yeah. You know, or, you know. Getting- I, I, I don't know, man. There's just a lot. <laughs> I've put a lot of thought into this, and I... Really don't know what I want yet, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you could do something like the, and this is what I've like helped a couple other people do, where they've had like previous albums come out and they have covers on them, and it's like, what you gotta do is like take the covers and don't put them on Spotify because you don't have the rights to them, and if you want to get the rights, it just takes all your money away, so you're not gonna make any money. But so you put those on there, but like if somebody buys a physical copy, then you put them back on. So then you're right back to if you want to buy this from me you can get the covers yeah the two covers that are on here or whatever or like if you want to buy them on Bandcamp, like if you buy the digital copy of it like the mp3s or whatever like then you can have it but otherwise it's like you know they're just not there so it's like a bonus for somebody that actually purchases it straight from you or whatever well that's that's kind of why i wanted to do the you know the uh, live things on the back of the lp Mm -hmm. you know or or the uh, the ep whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. Um, but uh you know, our single thing I just told you about, like, I, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, like, we'll release it. <laughs> Literally, this is what me, Travis, and Bob talked about. We'll release it, you know, put our singles out, you know, the, our original stuff to stream, but a physical copy will have the live stuff on the back. Yep. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I mean, that's, you always got to try to think of like, well, how can I incentivize somebody to actually buy this? If they're a fan, they'll think like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. You know, like. I have this physical copy that has this extra stuff on it, but I can always still listen to the the classics or whatever, you know, yeah. on, on my phone if I'm just whatever. But yeah, so you guys recording all this stuff in house then, or how yeah, you, dang, uh, I'm assuming Bob's doing some of the heavy lifting on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got all the equipment, all the tube mics and everything, and he's like, "Oh, it sounds this room sounds good for this. <laughs> Let's do that." Like, dude, straight up, he like put a put our mic, you know, the vocal mic part in like every room mm-hmm. so yeah this doesn't sound good ended up in travis's closet 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's like one of the best places to go record some audio. Yeah. Because so. there's, there's enough stuff in there to absorb all the bouncing, which is weird, but yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, dude, it was really cool. Like, uh, the guitar tracks are all stereo. Mm-hmm. So, like, one mix, like, in your left side, you're getting my uh, instrument mic that's just right in front of the, the amplifier. Mm-hmm. And there's also a room mic that's coming out of the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a little bit of a, like, it's like a delay-ish thing. Yep. It's really weird, but it, yep. it, it, it ended up making the guitar sound super cool. Yeah. It's so. like millisecond delay. So it makes it just sound like extra thick. Yeah. You know, it's, I love that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I mean, those are, those are those weird tricks that most people don't think about when they're recording stuff that you can actually, I mean, it makes sense though, too. Cause if you're sitting in a room listening to somebody, not only are you listening directly to whatever's coming straight to your ear holes from their voice and guitar, you're also listening to the crap that's bouncing off the walls, which you would kind of want to pick that up and recreate it in some capacity or another. But like I said, that's the stuff that most people probably don't ever think about or ha- maybe don't have the technology to like record some of that stuff. Well, for the for the most part, what we wanted to do is is our studio work. We wanted to sound like how we're gonna sound, you know. Yeah. You show up to one of our shows, we're gonna play one of those songs. That's what you're gonna hear on the record, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, of course, it's gonna be a little cleaned up or whatever. We didn't really have to do a lot of cleaning on it at all, really. We just did our rhythm tracks live. The band went live straight through, and I went back and put lead on it mm-hmm. and uh, vocals and. And that's really it, man. It was it was actually really fun, and and I used a bunch of my different amps to get different tones that I wanted. Yep. And uh, it was cool because um, for one of the lead tracks in a song we do called "Drive Me Wild," um, I took my Ampeg, my 410, mm-hmm. and then I also used an extension cab, my 412, mm-hmm. and we mic'd both of those, and then also had a room mic back there and that tone that i have on that mm-hmm. is is it's it's awesome i was like wow dude like i need to do that again sometime like, yeah people often underestimate you don't have to go super nuts with your guitar setups most people are like oh you need two amps to go you know full stereo or you need an a you know a b y or a wet dry wet mix or whatever and all this other nonsense but like having a combo amp with an open back and then like slamming a closed back cab next to it it's like that's enough. You, right. You get uh, all the chiminess and cleanness out of the open back, and you get all the punch from the closed back, and it's like that's. It sounds magic. I don't know. I love it. Well, yeah, me too. And, and actually, I, I've been planning on doing something like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to run an extension um, with that new amp I've been using, mm-hmm. um, and probably do a closed back thing. <laughs> I was literally watching some guys play yesterday. I think. And uh, like the Jeremy DeWall band, and they're like using these closed back cabs, Marshall cabs, and I like could tell the difference, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like maybe I I try something like this, um, but yeah, and it's super weird how like when you isolate the tracks from that, like if you just isolated the uh, the 412 cab mm-hmm. um, compared to the 410, mm-hmm. um, they sound it's super crazy how they really sound a lot different just the speaker size yeah the speaker size will make a big difference too so and i never realized that until i like i did it you know i was like wow yeah it's it's weird like four tens were things that kind of came around we're talking like four 10 inch speakers in a guitar amplifier if for people that don't know but like those kind of came around when people like i need more sound or whatever but like 
12 inch speakers were a thing at the time they just weren't like a super big common thing the small amps had like eight inch speakers and sometimes had tens in them Mm -hmm. uh might have had a 12 but yeah four tens were like decently common back in the day and they're not very common now nowadays but they like definitely lend to more high frequencies to come out of them you know a little bit easier just based on like speaker size and things like that just can't handle the low you know it is it is weird how they really uh they you know they're really trebly yeah, they you know, they're punched through a mix. Yeah, big it's time. really bright. Yeah, yeah, um, almost w- too much. Yeah, but. yeah. Sometimes it's too much. Like if I turn my if I turn my treble on that amp past a certain point, it's like yeah, you just plug your <laughs> But it's weird though too because you could be in your room and playing with that, and it's like this doesn't sound the best. But in like a full band setting, you're like, oh, this sounds pretty good in here because it's actually punching through with the frequencies that need to. You know. Yep. And that's. You know, the benefit of also, once again, having somebody who's, you know, run professional sound in some capacity or another in your band, <laughs> you know, having Bob in the band. Yeah. He can he can easily just be like, this might sound better, you know, maybe try this a little bit, you know, just a little friendly hey from him is probably goes a long way. Right, right. Yeah, and it's nice. And actually, speaking of, uh, I want to throw a shout out to, I believe his name is Mike, the guy running the sound last night. Oh, yeah, Mike Wiedemann. Yeah, he he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um and I talked to him afterward, and I was like, hey, man, I think, you know, I heard some video from out front because I can't tell what it sounds like on stage, yep. you know, out, out there. Yep. So I was like, hey, I heard some video that some people took, and I just want to say, like, good job, man. You made us sound pretty good out there, you know. And, mm-hmm. and he kind of came back at me. He's like, yeah, man, you know, he's like, you know, you guys are really fun to mix. He goes, yeah. you, you know, three guys, you know, it's only three pretty easy you mm-hmm. know compared to these other five six piece bands and stuff yep he's like you got three guys and you know it's really fun it's just he's like it's fun i can do a lot of different stuff with you guys you know yep. and uh, so i was like heck yeah man well anytime i'd like to work with you again <laughs> but uh <coughs> yeah it was uh that was really fun so yeah definitely i mean that you did bring up a point that people might not like if people are listening to this that don't play music which does happen um you know, if anybody's listening just to hear Vinny talk, because I love Vinny, but... Right on. <laughs> uh, so you were talking about how, like, you can't hear what it sounds like out in front. So for people that are, like, non-performers, haven't been on stage, etc. but, like, if you're, like, in the crowd, you have these giant speakers blasting at you. But if you're on stage, you got these uh, slightly smaller speakers pointed at your face from the floor, and they call them monitors, and they help you, like, monitor what your sound sounds like. But, like, each person on stage like if you're singing and i'm singing like i kind of might want to hear my vocals better than yours you know if i I, in my monitor but you might want to hear your vocals more than mine and your monitor so everyone has like a different mix on stage that gets to sound exactly like you want it to sound so we just trust that whatever's going out of the main speakers to the crowd is mixed well and sounding good yeah yeah. (laughs) like i up on stage might want to be like i I really want to hear my guitar my vocals and the kick and snare, you know, like those are the big things, you know? Right. So, or like whatever. But. Yeah. Same, same to me. Like usually when there's a mix, I'm like, well, with our, with the three piece, I want to hear everybody pretty decently to hear how it's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, in the country band, I play in faster horses, which there was a kid with a faster horses hat on, um, at the, at the rock and picnic. Nice. I like walked up. I was like, Hey kid, nice hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, uh, but, um, you know, that's a, what six piece country band Mm -hmm. we got keys fiddle rhythm guitar bass and then lead guitar and drums and so you know when we're mixing that 
sometimes I don't even like to have a monitor because, like, I'm not a lead singer. Mm-hmm. But I, I, sometimes I'll sing Can't You See. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I like a little bit of vocal, you know, in mine, you know, or whatever. But I can usually hear my guitar just from my amp right behind me. So mm-hmm. don't really need that. But, uh, yeah, usually I'm just, you know, I don't even like using one in that band because then it gets too loud. Yeah. You know, there's yep. so many guys I'm like, dude, I don't even like, I can, I can hear you guys through your monitors, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that, yeah. is, that is one of the fun things though, like playing on a big stage. If you have just a big enough band and everyone's playing, uh, if you're like playing a guitar solo and you're like, I'm going to walk over here and ham it up with the, the singer for a second and you'll walk like six feet to the left. And it's like. Oh, I can't hear anything my guitar is playing right now, <laughs> like because there's nothing coming out of this monitor over here. Yeah, that's uh, another fun thing about being on stage. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I can't hear anything over here. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And that's well, it's like, I, personally, it's why I like um, playing with the three piece so much is because I can hear everything all the time. Yeah. You know, and I can go, I can do my thing. I can go run around if I want to, you know, and and. Uh, you know, kind of just move around. And, and I think uh, this is another thing I was proud about. Like, when it comes to putting on the show, like, I think I did a good job of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I, why I was looking forward to the show is like, we don't get to play big stages like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try to use the stage today, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit anyway. And, and just to kind of experiment with what I can, can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I think I did it pretty well. So I, I just like, I just want, I know people, you're probably thinking this guy is like, oh, talking himself up. No, man, I, I'm just super proud of where I've came, you know, or like how far I've come since I started, since the first time I played there, man. So, yeah. And I mean, that's like your, your other bookmark that you have for this pretty much is just like two years ago was pretty much your first show. So it wasn't, but it pretty much was, yeah. you know, so it's like two years ago, same place. It's like this is how far you've come in two years. It's kind of wild to sit back and look at that and be like, man, look how look how comfortable I am on stage now, you know, or look how, you know, on a big stage like that, it's tough to, you want to like move around and stuff, but you also realize like it's a long ways to get over there, to, and then I'll come all the way back over here to, to yeah, sing. Yeah, and then I've got to come back and sing. Yeah. Yep. Like I caught I caught myself like over playing with Travis a couple times. I'd be soloing. I'm like oh, we're about to come back around. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be singing, and I like have to run back over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Another thing was funny. So, like, right away in the first song we played, I was wearing my sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, like, I just headbanged, like, right away, like, first note. And mm-hmm. they, they came, like, all the way down my face. And, like, a couple measures later, I just grabbed them off my face and threw them mm-hmm. across the stage, like, out of the way, you know. I was like, okay, get out of here. And, like, Rod had said something to me. He's like, he's like, hey man, that was a super cool move for the show. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I didn't plan on that. It just they fell off a little bit. So he was like, oh, I th- I totally thought that was like, you know, your stage act. <laughs> I was like, well, I might might want to yeah. throw it in there. <laughs> I've been at home practicing sliding my sunglasses from off my nose down to my mouth. That way I can pitch, Throwing them, pitch them off stage while I <laughs> fling my hair to the side. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, it looked cool, so I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. You yeah, know, but stuff like that, I started duck walking again, you know, uh, doing that Chuck uh, Berry, Angus Young thing. Yep. And uh, this is actually funny because I tripped over Travis's guitar cable. Oh. <laughs> and, like, I almost fell down, but I, like, I hit Travis Yep. And I hit him, and then we just started playing together, and that that was a fun part of it too. I <laughs> I told him after show, I was like, "Hey, you remember that time I like kind of ran into your left shoulder?" 
He's like, yeah, why? Well, I was like, yeah, dude, I was duck walking and uh, tripped over your guitar cable. Travis is blind, for those that don't know. Yeah. So he didn't know what yep. was going on. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was just playing. He can't tell. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I tripped over your stuff, man, ran into you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, for everyone that like was just like, wait, what are we talking about? Like, yeah, Vinny's bassist is blind. Uh, yeah, go back and listen to the Vinny and the Night Prowlers episode from about two years ago this time. Episode 133. Is that what it was? Yeah, I, I, and I only know that because somebody said uh, last night, tell you what, Audible Farm, episode 133. You gotta, yeah, That's a really good one, man. <laughs> like, who is it? Vinny and the Night Prowlers. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yep. I think you've been on since then, but still, yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Travis is blind, and it's fun that, you know, you oftentimes think about like that kind of stuff. Like people are going nuts in the crowd. He's like, are they cheering for us? Is Vinny like showing his butt to everyone? Like what's going on up here? You know, like <laughs> he's probably like, there's gotta be a bunch of that stuff like racing through his head at times or whatever. Or maybe he's just like, I got to keep on the beat. got to keep on the beat. You know, maybe he doesn't pay attention, but sometimes it's funny. Like whenever I mess up or like he messes up, it's like, I know he can't see, but he'll like glance over at me. And, like, I'll glance at him, and it's like, yeah, okay. You know, kind of just laugh, like we yep. were talking about earlier. Just laugh it off, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. M- meanwhile, Bob's in the back playing the drums like, ah, amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hilarious. I I don't know, man. Just playing those shows is so fun. It's so fun to have uh, those bookmarks. Like, uh, you know, X amount, I was, years ago, I was here at this point. Now I'm here. Even if you're with the same band or a different band or whatever, and, you know, you've been playing long enough now where you're probably starting to build a bunch of fun stories. Like, uh, you're talking about getting comfortable on stage. Like, is there any fun stories you got from being like comfortable on stage? Like I'm finally to the point where like, I kind of just don't care. Like I'll just talk to people in the crowd, like while I'm playing or just like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, just like try and get somebody's attention and dink around. Or if like you find somebody looking at you, like make faces at them, you know, it's just like, dumb stuff like yesterday at a show i played i played up at tapped and clear lake with jesse wilson and i was playing a solo and i can't remember what was going on but jesse's playing some stuff and i'm doing a solo and i'm like soloing and then i hop off the stage and if anybody's been there it's like maybe like a knee-high stage it's a little guy it's right next to the door and i just like hop off the stage and then i just like walk outside <laughs> and i'm just like walking outside like looking i'm not going too far away but i'm like looking down the streets trying to see if i can find anyone to like yell at and be like hey get in here i'm playing as a guitar solo right. check this, you know but nobody was out there so I came back in, whatever, the song ends, and I told Jesse, I was like, do you see me go outside? And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I went outside during that last song. He's like, you were outside? Like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, whatever, you know? Like, people aren't going to be like, I don't know. At first, I would have been like, i got to stand right here next to the microphone. I'm going to be really business-like and professional. Right. Like, that's the kind of stuff where someone, had I brought somebody in from outside, it would have been epic, you know? Right, right. So that's kind of what I was going for. But just goofy stuff like that, I think, is... So are you, some are, of those fun stories. Are you using a wireless rig now? No, no. Oh, no kidding? You no. walked outside with a cable, Yeah, huh? yep. <laughs> I came back in, it was all wrapped around stuff, and the bouncer guy had to, like, untangle me. Yeah. And I was making faces. I was, like, yanking on it all fake-like, you know, right. like, oh, you know, right. my hands are in the air. Oh, this is such a big machine. I don't know how to run anything. Somebody help me, you know, or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I was just I was just having a blast. I think it's fun. Like, that's the kind of stuff where if people are paying enough attention. They're like, this guy's up there just goofing off and having a blast. And somehow right. he's playing music while he's doing it, you know. Well, that's a, that's a really fun thing. Like, sometimes I learned this uh, from Ted Nugent. Um, he had, like, an interview with him. And he was like, yeah, you know, back in the day, you know, I'd let that hollow body birdland just feed back. I'd just find uh, there'd be X's. I'd mark X's on the stages, like, during sound check to where I had a certain feedback you know, mm-hmm. where my guitar would scream at me. You know, the amp would, 
ah, you know. Yep. And uh, which is an actual thing. Yeah. So, uh, like, I've kind of learned, and some of these songs I play, like, I'll just, I'll like, for instance, yesterday I played this song by ACDC called Livewire, and there's this breakdown part where like he kind of just lets his guitar feedback, and then they the whole band comes back in. And like when I did that, I just I got on my knees right in front of my amp, and I just started holding my guitar up like a maniac, mm-hmm. like Ted Nugent would. You know, I saw him in a video. You know, <laughs> you know, bam, bam, and he came back in, and and uh, but I just have fun. You know, it's just fun for me. People probably think like you know, I it's part of the show. You know, you're like that's what I told. Like I told you earlier, I guess too. It's just like, man, I just want to put on like a rock and roll show. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. You know, I just want it to be like like 1973. You're walking into a club or something, or you're like, this is a rock and roll band. You know, yeah. just hammer hammer down and and actually do it too. You know, with the guitars and stuff, and and do 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 the one because that stuff's just fun to me. Just to you know, mess around. You're messing around. <laughs> yeah, it's some of it comes down to you've played the songs enough. Some of it comes down to you've played enough shows where. <laughs> It doesn't feel like a lot of that stuff the first time you do it, like this feels weird. Yeah. This feels like I'm showing off or something, you know, like there's something about that, but it's also like, yeah, but you're also being paid to entertain people. So try and be entertaining, I guess. Or do something, you know? Yes. Do do crowd work. I don't care what it is, you know? Dude, totally, totally know what you're saying too. Cause the first couple of times, like I, I tried duck walking or like doing weird stuff. I felt so weird doing it. I was like, man, what the heck am I doing? I'm I'm making a fool of myself. I'm like, yeah. Well, that's what that's what rock and roll is about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> dude, it's so weird. There's so much of this stuff where you just like you look yourself in the mirror, like on the way home from the show, and you're like, you get done taking, you know, go to the bathroom. You get done going to the bathroom, and they're fucking washing your face or something, and you're just like, you look in the mirror, and you're like, the hell was I doing out there, you know, or right. whatever. But like later, you're like, no, that was actually pretty cool. You know, it did look kind of. I look like a dumbass doing it because it's me. But if it was right. somebody else doing it, I'd be like, that's actually pretty nifty, you know. And that's right. I try and tell myself that all the time, you know. Whether it comes down to like, you know, most things and, you know, you become an adult and you just eventually you're just like, I don't care what other people think, you know, but most of that's like, I, you have to learn not to care what you think, yeah you know, and that's what it is. Well, it's because, and especially the people that don't play music, they're like, wow, man, that guy's nuts. You yeah. Know? He's like, how's he doing all this stuff? You know? Yeah. And I think that's something else we forget. Cause you know, we go to the rock and picnic. We know so many of the people playing music there we know you know we go to other shows jam nights uh you know you go to a show in fort dodge area or whatever wherever you're at and you're just like i know these people you know i've met them before we're buddies i'm friends with them online we've talked about music stuff so you get to become friends with some of those people and we think those are the only people that like go to shows and pay attention and know this stuff but there's so many people out there that don't know anything about music that have never picked up an instrument don't want to you know they just like going to shows or they want to hear the live music and you know they don't care if you botch one note they don't care if you're duck walking and right. you know they just want to hear the music and they're like that's entertaining like i don't know this guy anymore the man of the moon but you know or whatever but they're gonna be like hey did you see the guy that came to xyz brewery over here the other day and he was you know you know climbing all over his amp and you know holding his guitar way up in the air during parts and stuff and just going nuts it's like he was feeling it you know yeah but so much of that stuff, uh, I feel like we just battle ourselves with more than like, we always try to say like, don't worry about what other people think. But I think it's more like we're worrying to ourselves what we think other people, you know, maybe right. you know, other people might think. But yeah, but still, I don't know. It's something like that. Well, that's that's the deal too. Is like, you know, I've been trying to 
really just be myself and do whatever I want. Like, and I think that's like where I became comfortable with doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do a lot on stage. A lot of it, I'm just like kind of walking around playing guitar and like just headbanging, you know, mm-hmm. like my neck hurts today. Yeah. I was headbanging. <laughs> but, uh, even that feels weird though at first. And that's like, that's like a natural thing, you know, right. when you're playing guitar, everyone like learns how to headbang <laughs> just because it feels good. Right. You know, you're like but, tapping your foot yeah, you know, to and, the beat. But then after a while you're like, do I look like a jackass up here just like headbanging and stuff it's like no you don't you don't look like it it looks cool you know right but it but a whole part of it is like for me it's just the soul part of it you know like i put a lot of feeling into my plan and Mm -hmm. and and i think that's what what it's all about you know like Mm -hmm. for me musically is like putting your your heart like out there like these songs i'm playing i love i love these songs that i'm playing yeah you know and and you know, they mean something to me. So hopefully I can make them mean something to you or, you know, make it sound good for you out there, you know, all the people that are listening. And so, and that's cool. Like one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest compliments I get from people is like, man, you can tell like you really love to do this and you have fun doing it. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's what it's all about, man. (laughs) I I think you said something in there that like might be one of like the key factors in this. So you guys as a band, it's not, you know, you're not showing up and when people are like, you know, play Toby Keith, you're not like, you're not playing Toby Keith, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, it's not that you're not, but like, you know, and Vinny and the Night Prowlers anyways, like when people show up and they're like, you know, play this or play that, like you've already picked out your songs, you will do requests, we talked about that, like you've done them before in certain situations, but uh, you've picked out the songs you want to play and you're going to play and that I think is one of the biggest things because there's so many people that are just like, what's a song that everyone would love? And then they just start playing those songs instead. And then you have a set list full of bangers that gets the crowd going, but you don't have any, you don't have uh, any skin in the game now. You're right. just kind of like, I just chose these songs because everyone else wanted to play them. It's kind of like being an artist and never painting anything you want to paint. And you're only ever painting stuff that somebody else is going to pay you to paint. Right. You know, but you get to be the person that's like, this is the stuff I want to paint. And someone's just like, that stuff's badass. I'll pay you money. Come over here and paint it. You know, right. like that's, pretty much what you found yourself in those shoes and i think that's one of the benefits of Vinny and the night prowlers is you guys have a set list full of songs that you guys all obviously know and enjoy and love and you're you haven't really like you know sold out to just being like we're gonna play nine tom petty songs and you know whatever you know just kicking out all those types of and don't get me wrong i'd like to get back into doing some petty because i was doing some petty for a while but you know like (laughs) no comment yeah um excuse me um yeah, I, you know, when it comes down to it, like being a being a three piece, especially, I think, you know, I'm we've got our own sound. I'm gonna play songs the way I want to play them too, mm-hmm. like you know, and the cover bands that can do that stuff are super talented. That can just play a cover note for note, you know. There's an art to that, dude. Yeah, to get the tone, <clears throat> even to get the tone close, and then to hit all the notes it's there's some wizardry involved in that yeah so i'm like you know cool if you can do that man you're better than me for sure <laughs> you know? yeah. but like i i want to go out there and, and especially just being the only guitar player you know or, or only lead instrument really just as a trio it's like when you go out there it's like okay i've you know i'm not gonna sound like the record mm-hmm. you know i'm one guy on guitar when a lot of the songs we're playing they're dual you know they have a rhythm guitar as well mm-hmm. you know and and uh so i'm like you know i'm just gonna do it do it however i want and that's just how it how it rolls and it's i think that's very smooth like you know that when you 
when you do it your way, one, it just, you create your own sound. Yep. And that's what I like, you know. I just like to have my own feel. Yeah, I can't remember. I can never remember the saying, but it's like necessity breeds innovation or something like that or whatever. Like if you only have like three people to make this sound with and you have that for every single thing, like, and you're only, and I'm just throwing out, for instance, you're only covering four and five piece band things. You're going to have to eliminate stuff and pick up things on the back end in some capacity or change it to a fashion that will always fit just three people being there. And that's like this thing that, you know, because you only have three people, you're actually innovating some of these songs to be, you know, a new thing or at least bending them just a little bit to fit your style, which is actually really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've had to do that with a lot of them. Like, and, and, and just because it's like, man, you know, or, or like we start to play on something, I'm like, you know, we'll play it kind of like the record. And I'm like, I think we should change this part just because it, it doesn't, if, to me, it's not sounding right. You yeah. know, it sounds like too dull and I want to have a big... For a trio, I'm, I'm trying to be a power trio, you know. I want a big sound at you the whole time, mm -hmm. you know. So even in the bluesier stuff that we do, like slower song, like we played an original called uh, Turn Out the Lights yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a slow blues song. And, um, you know, even, but even that song has a big sound to it. So, mm -hmm. and that's, I really like playing the original stuff, man, honestly. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's... I love it. <laughs> well, while we're getting we're getting closer to the end of this, but like, what is? Do you have like an estimated time to have this album out in some capacity? Are you going to go single, single, and then release the EP? Are you going to do anything? Do you have that planned out yet? Or I'm definitely you... getting two of the songs like completely finished and mixed, mm -hmm. and uh, then I'll you know before anything gets pressed or I do anything fancy, I'm definitely going to put those on for streaming. You know, mm -hmm. so you can stream them. Mm -hmm. Just so basically too, I'm I'm trying to like really push like I want to play a lot of shows next year, mm -hmm. and uh, you know with either band that I'm playing with I you know I, and I I'm gonna really push this stuff hard. I'm gonna get a hold of people like even if I have to get like a manager or something like or, or something like I want to go like I want to go on a tour. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a that's a a touchy subject. I've seen a handful of bands that have actually been getting. Um, what I would call the beginning stages of notoriety. Like, it's just like, well, this band made an album and, and like, it's actually been reviewed by some people like on their own accord. Like the band didn't solicit them. And it's like, oh, the band made a music video and it won an award, you know, for the musicianship and the, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, that's cool. You know, and they're trying to figure out what's the next step I should take. And there's a lot of really interesting takes on whether or not you just need somebody that's a booking agent and you can do all your own managing you know, because the manager is just going to be the person that tells the booking agent and these people and those people. They're the right. overall thing. So if you can do that all yourself. Well, I but, guess that's what I need as a booking agent because yeah. I just don't have the time to. Uh, it's, it's it's a, by the way, people playing music takes up a, a, a ton of time. <laughs> like, like just being in a band, like trying to book everything, like, you know, it's really hard to do with a full-time job, man. You yeah. know, and it's, a lot of people don't understand that. Well, especially like, when you're just like, if somebody hits you up, they're like, hey, we're a bar. We want you on this day. Are you free? And then you're just like, well, let me check my calendar. It's like, I'm not working. I don't have anything else booked, and I don't have anything else going on. So I'm free. And then you're like, uh, yes, it looks like I'm free. Let me hit up my other bandmates. They have to get on the horn. So-and-so, you got anything? Hey, so-and-so, you got anything going on? It's like, and then one of them's just like, uh, let me double check. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then you're like, I'll go back to the bar. Like, hey, I'll get back to you tomorrow. And, but then yeah. you have to remember the next day, like, 
you know, hey, Steve, do you remember to get a hold of so and so? It's yeah. like, the, can you do this? And it's like, oh my, it's just, it's a lot of moving parts on top of practicing and then trying to record stuff, making Dude. merch. I mean, you can go down the the rabbit hole of everything you have to do as a musician, and you're not actually even playing music. Yeah, it's it's a job. I mean, it's a full time job. If you if you want to play music every weekend, or like, you know, if you want to play three shows a week, it's a full time job. Yeah, you know, like because you're out there, you're running, like you're great. It's really a grind, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like people. I've run into a lot of people now that that like don't understand how much it takes, and I've had to explain to these people like, hey, sorry, like. You know, I can't do this this weekend, or I can't do this, or, you know, multiple people. It's crazy. I wrote a song about it, actually. Um, But, uh, you know, just explaining to certain people, like, sorry, dude, like, I have to play with the band, you know, or I have to go rehearse, or I have to go record something, or, you know, I'm trying to book stuff, you know. There's just so much behind-the-scenes work that goes into it. It's like, man, it didn't happen overnight. Like, I didn't become a decent guitar player overnight man you know like when i don't play my guitar for a week it's like okay i'm gonna take like two hours to myself i'm gonna turn my cellular data off (laughs) and just play my guitar you know so yeah there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes i'm so glad i don't have to deal i don't i've of all the shows I've played, 99.8% of them, I had nothing to do with the booking. Like, right. I'm so happy about that because that is such a pain in the butt, you know? Well, and it's crazy. Like, this guy just actually hit me up yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, like, about playing, no, it was actually this morning, gosh, um, playing this show and at this place in Cedar Rapids, and I, uh, like, he's their manager and books all his stuff and I he, play, he even plays in the band in Cedar Rapids but uh like he hit me up oh I got a band canceled can you play next week I'm like dude like I really wish but I'm already you know and it's an awesome place to play like this is what makes me sad and I'm I'm not even playing music or anything next week I'm just moving mm-hmm. you know I'm like if I wasn't moving into another house next weekend like I'd be there, man, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you know, like can't make it work. I'm like, dude, the last two times you hit me up to play your place, you know, I was like, uh, it's been like within a week notice, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hey, if you want me to come in and play for the band that canceled, you know, whatever, I'll take up the opportunity, and and especially when it's a cool venue, mm-hmm. you know. But it's um, it's just it's hard to make happen sometimes. Yeah. So. Oh, it's not always easy, especially when it's like the short notice like that. You don't want to be the person that tells them no two, three, four, five times, and they're just never going to get a hold of you again, you know, right. which is how it works. And it's understandable because, you know, from their point of view, like they've been trying to get a hold of you and it didn't work. And it's like, uh, you know, look, uh, Jesus, take forever. But yeah, it totally makes sense. But yeah, booking shows, all the stuff behind the scenes is a pain in the butt. Plus the driving there, the packing up, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, like. Even just simple stuff, like, uh, I've got enough gear to run a one-person show, you know? Um, and I'm not trying to be like, hey, but, like, you know, I've got a, a Junko drum set. If we need a drum set, i got a drum set, you know? And I've got a, a cheap bass amp. If we need bass I got about, I got one, you know? And I've got an extra guitar amp or whatever, you know? I've got a, a monitor. If you need one, I can bring a monitor, which is, like, the case recently. So you do also have those situations where it's like, oh, our setup, something went down, and now we need another one of these, and it's like, Hopefully somebody in the belt band, else in the band has one, you know, or like, and then you have to get a hold of them. Like, Hey, did you leave yet? Cause if you haven't, we need another one of these or whatever, you know, and 
Or like, I brought another monitor last night, but like forgot a, a power cable for it. And I found it. It was underneath my car seat, which yeah. is stupid. But yeah. So, but yeah, like, I, but Jesse had an extra one, you know? So he didn't have a monitor, but I brought mine. And then it's like, oh, it all worked out anyways. But there's all that goofy stuff that people don't ever really tend to think too much about uh, as far as like playing music. That is, that is the tough stuff. And like, let alone, we're talking playing shows, uh, doing things like that, which is basically like how we get noticed and make money. It's just playing shows like Facebook promotion. It's tough. It, do- it doesn't work very well. Uh, I have a podcast. Yes, it's cool. It doesn't get millions of listens. It's not like I'm do you know, right. the biggest thing in the world, but people listen every week and I'm very thankful to everybody, but it's not like this is the best Avenue either. You know, the best Avenue is always going to be going out and performing, but the ultimate goal for a lot of musicians is to record some of this, you know, in time capsule it somehow or another, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily just for them or for anybody, but like, just because, you know, I want to actually have this recorded. Even if nobody ever listens to it after I'm dead, it doesn't matter. I just want to be able to have this be done, you know? Yeah, right. Well, in 20 years from now, I can look back on it too, you know? And, and like, that's what I, I look forward to where I'm at like t- 10 years from now, mm-hmm. like as a guitar player, as a person, you know, yeah. like just, you know, and I, I want it all documented, you know, I just, I, I have so much fun with it. And then whether I go anywhere or not, man, you know, I don't expect to, blow up and get huge you know whatever i just want to play music you know i have a lot of fun doing it and and i just kind of want to be you know whether i i as long as i can make some money at it you know too and i'm not blowing all my money on it which is speaking of this room you know yeah, <laughs> you blowing, see. blowing money on things oh my gosh my bad <laughs> no it's well i wouldn't call it blown money it's all investing you know in yourself and and but i'm getting to the point now where it's like Okay, I can't buy another amp for a while because I have yeah. lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like the quest for tone like you're saying, you want people to be able to know that it's you playing when you start playing, which my tone is not necessarily like, oh, that's obviously Peter, but I do stack like some effects when I play live in there, so it's like, oh, who would play with this kind of a goofy like understated effects laden guitar tone it's like that's peter you know yeah he likes he wants to be crispy and like spanky but he also wants to be like kind of dreamy and like yeah honestly i like your i like your tone man i I think you're an awesome guitar player in yourself dude you're awesome dude it's basically just me and Vinny giving each other high fives the whole (laughs) yeah the the whole whole afternoon (laughs) but hey that's what the podcast is all about uh you know it is really cool i do want to say from a personal standpoint like watching you like we'll just recap like one of the first episodes, basically like you and I met at Iowa central. Uh, I think I was wearing an iron maiden shirt and you were like freaking cool, man. Maiden. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this guy knows what's up. So, uh, we kind of started hanging out talking and, uh, we went to a jam night cause you were like, I play, I play bass and whatever. And I play a little guitar and it's like, okay, cool. So we went there and I was like, can you play these songs? And you're like, pull them up on your phone. And you're like, yeah, got them. And so we went up and played a handful of songs. And ever since then, it's just like, you know, the floodgates open and now you're here and it's like, this is super cool. It's not like I'm the reason that it started, but I was there when it started, you know, cause yeah, you, you were playing guitar before you ever met me and stuff. But like, you know, it's kind of cool to be like, ah, look at, look how far this person's come, you know? And then it's like, I wonder how far I've come as a musician. And then like yesterday I was doing that. I was reflecting. I was like, oh, I was in a metal band for like two years, you know? And I was, I'm doing all this other stuff. You know, I played at the rock and picnic, you know, twice, uh, as like a fill-in band, you know, and I, I played once as like one of the the in-betweener bands, you know, and I've played there, you know, in different capacities with different bands, and 
you know, punk music and blues music and country and folk and metal. I've played like, it's just kind of cool to see that, um, you know, you and I were taking different directions, but we're still like out there doing stuff. And I, it's just, it's fun to see you out there now, not just playing the Vinny of the Night Prowler stuff, but also being in another band and kind of expanding your horizons. Yeah, just to, and that's a totally different, I mean, that's a country band, man. And I'm just like kind of blown away at, you know, I've learned a lot playing in the country band um, just because there's a lot of different stuff that goes on and, and it, there's some weird progressions, honestly, in some of those songs mm -hmm. that I think are weird. Um, a lot of different variations of chords that are weird mm -hmm. that I've had to learn, but... It's it's all been very good for me and helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned a couple different scales to yeah. use uh, for my soloing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and, and that's really helped me. Actually, learning all, all those scales helped me be able to, like, listen to something mm -hmm. and be able to play, like, guitar licks to a record and, instead of looking it up, you know. Yep. So I, that's my favorite thing to do now is when I hear something cool, I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm learning that by ear. Yeah. At least try, try to. Try to figure <laughs> it out, yeah. I, uh, I'm still not the best at ear learning, but it's, it's fun though, too. When somebody's like, can you play this song? It's like, I don't know. Like, and then you just kind of like fiddle around. You're like, yeah, I guess I kind of, kind of can. Yeah, you kind know? of, <laughs> you know? but yeah. And then that's also the thing that makes you mad where you're just like, there's only so many notes and so many patterns and everyone uses most of the same ones. And how is it that they can make like these massive classic hits and I can't make crap, you know, like, right. I don't know, but it's. It's just weird because it's like the small pattern differences is what makes up all the the stuff, you know, and that's that just blows my mind, you know. For I guess for everyone that doesn't know music theory, it's just kind of wild. There's only so many notes and only so many places yeah. you could put them, right? And people have been making music for so long. It's like, how are there new patterns and how is how is that one better than this one or whatever? Right. But, yeah. How can you do this? And a lot of it's you know pretty similar, but. Um, and real quick, I do want to give a, a big shout out to uh, no shout outs, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Tabaka from Cedar Rapids. He's in a band called Laid Back Band. He's the guy who built my amp that I was using yesterday. Oh, cool! And so, and I do like I've called it a tone quest. Like mm -hmm. when people ask, "Oh man, that's cool," and it's really cool. Like I had never met any of those guys in the Jeremy DeWall band, and when I was like leaving the stage, like they all said, "Hey man, that was." that was pretty kick-ass, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, thanks, you know, and after the show, I get to talk him with uh, Jeremy, and I think his name was Alex, but I can't remember, um, like, the keys player, another guitar player in the band, mm -hmm. and um, he, uh, they're like, man, what are you using for reverb, you know, like, your reverb sounds good, like, that amp's awesome, I said, well, it's not the reverb from the amp, I don't, it's a pedal, actually, mm -hmm. it's a Boss 63 Fender reverb pedal that I actually got the idea from, from Matt Woods. There you go. I was like, man, your reverb sounds awesome. What is that? Oh, yeah, you've got to get one of these, man. Yep. Bought one the next day. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, uh, just talking to somebody else, and it's it's like, I like the one thing. I like this thing, and it's like, I'm going to borrow this from this person. It's like, what are you doing with your tone over here? It's like, oh, that, you know, overdrive. I'm going to borrow that from this person. Then before you know it, you've got your own thing. And yeah. I love that. I absolutely love it. So. Man, it's always good sitting down talking to you. We've uh, we've covered an hour. You gave some shout outs. We talked about the rock and picnic. Yeah, you've come a long way. Uh, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I'm like I said. I'm I'm just like I'm impressed with myself. Yeah. Like, and that's that's something because I'm never I I'm never one to say that. But last night I was I'm super happy about that show, man. I I can't be more. You know, there's some stuff I could have cleaned up, but I I don't care at this point, man. I think it was a rock and show. And that's, you know, I'm really happy about it. So I, 
like I guess we'll see what's next. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and what's cool is basically the rest of the shows I'm playing this year with that with the mm-hmm. Night Prowlers are shows like that. Like multiple nice. multiple bands, you know, Those are little fun. festivals. And it's it's awesome. So So when the when the uh never ending ebbs and flows of artistry and musicianship come to a point where you're just like, Man, I'm just uh, feel like i'm stagnating i'm gonna make you listen to this episode right here and just be like how proud you were of how far you came you know like so you knew this is your new measuring stick for the next one this yeah, is look sure. how far you've come since today so dude You're thank right. you very much for joining me on the podcast yeah thanks for having me man it's always uh, good to see you absolutely ah, i love sitting down talking with vince it's always a blast always a blast my cousin Vinny. No, he's not my cousin. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it's super fun sitting down and talking with him. We always have a blast. We always have a good time. I love watching him play. Unfortunately, I could barely catch any of his set at the Rock and Picnic because I had to go off and play a show for myself, which is that bittersweet thing about being a musician is uh, we can't always watch our friends play. So uh, I always try and take in as many of my friends as I can, uh, it, you know, when I can, if I can. So... Uh, Vince is no different. I, I got to watch his first set at the Rock and Picnic, which is available on the Audible Farm YouTube channel if you guys want to go check it out. But uh, I highly suggest going out and watching them live somewhere. Holy moly. Uh, it is an absolute blast. Uh, and it's just wild to see how far he's come in, in two short years uh, fronting a band that he basically like had just started. And then now he's... Uh, you know just chugging along he's played shows like out in montana and stuff it's wild you know he's he's all over the place he's playing with a country band too you know and is it's uh one of those things at the end when he said he was proud of himself i i think that's a real thing people shouldn't take that lightly um i guess i talk about it sometimes on the podcast but it's tough to feel good about your own skill level as a musician uh some people are you know think everything they do is amazing but you know it's also pretty easy to look at everyone else and be like, I can't do what he does, and I can't do what he does. You know, I'm never going to be, a, you know, Steve Vai or whoever, you know. Uh, you know, I'll never be able to write a song as good as Chris Carr or whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. So uh, it's easy to look at that and just be like, ah, I'm not going to be good, and, you know, and just, and just give up or be as good. You know, that's all the better you're ever going to get. But, you know, Vinny's, you know, worked hard to be where he's at. He's always sending me snaps. He's always posting pictures and videos online of him playing guitar. And, uh, you know, I don't doubt it when he said uh, sometimes if he hasn't played in a while, he'll just, you know, shut his phone off and just sit there in a room for like two hours and play guitar. You know, I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, he's seen, you know, he seems like that kind of guy. He's, he's doing that anyways with his phone and taking videos and sending them to people. So, hey, uh, you yeah, know, it's just fun to watch him, you know, see him grow and stuff like that. So highly suggest, highly suggest going to check out Vinny and the Night Prowlers live. Or just go watch Vince Benichek anytime he goes and plays live. I know he's pretty active online. There are social media links down below for Vinny and the Night Prowlers. Uh, Check those out. Make sure uh, you like and subscribe or uh, whatever to anything you can find Vinny and the Night Prowlers because uh, we talked about it a tiny bit in this episode. There's Vinny and the Night Prowlers original music going to come out soon eventually maybe they're like he's sending me little clips and pieces of it like they get it all recorded they're mixing it it's it's happening it's gonna happen so go to the social medias click like follow uh let them know you want that music out asap because i can't wait for that that's gonna be amazing so uh super excited for that congrats Vinny. working hard it's paying off that's that's how it's done and uh, if you guys are looking for anything, Vince Beneshek down below, there's the links. And down below, the Vinny and the Night Prowlers links. 
are the Audible Farm links. AudibleFarm.com will show you all the Audible Farm goodness. Links to everywhere. All the social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you know, all the good stuff. The shop. The Patreon. Uh, oh, hoodies are in. Audible Farm hoodies are in. There are a limited, limited number. Uh, I didn't order a ton, but what I have... Um, yeah, they're gonna. I have a feeling they're gonna go fast, and the colder the weather gets, the faster they're gonna go. And uh, I might order a different design maybe next time, but you know how long it took me to reorder hoodies, so uh, I would just suggest snagging one if you got one. Uh, find me at a show, hit me up, come find me somewhere. And, and uh, Three Finger Betty, Jesse Wilson, maybe a Clint Riedel show. I will be playing some shows with Clint Riedel uh, in the fall, so. Check us out, anyone, any one of those bands, I'll be there, uh, most likely, and uh, I will have Audible Farm goodies for you. Uh, just hit me up and say you're coming to the show, and tell me what size, and I'll bring it, and whammo. We can save you guys some shipping and fees and things like that. So, uh, yeah, otherwise, the Audible Farm shop is there. Hoodies, t-shirts, well, there's uh, stickers there, there's keychains. Are the keychains still on there? I believe the keychains are still on the shop. Check them out, there's key, I, I have keychains. One way or the other, I have keychains. But yeah, there's all sorts of goodness on the Audible Farm shop. Otherwise, Patreon. We mentioned it right at the very beginning of the Vinny interview here. Uh, there's still Patreon. $1 a month. All the Audible Farm video versions. And uh, I think I'm going to try and get a little bit more interactive with a couple posts on there. And see if I can uh, pull the crowd and see what people want to watch on there. Because I've got some ideas. I've spun it past some some friends and musicians and things. And yeah, so I think I've got, I think I've got a really... I've got an idea. Let's just say I got an idea. Good or not, I don't know. It's so we're gonna check that out. Patreon, one dollar a month. It's all it costs. It's twelve dollars a year. The, all the video versions of the podcast are free, free, free. So check that out. Um, well, free if you pay me a dollar. Is that is that how that works? I don't know. All I know is uh, I'm done plugging all the Audible Farm stuff. Check it out. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Uh, thank you everybody for buying the hoodies. I am out of here for the week. I will be back next week with another guest. All right. Peace.